Siobhan, you're a Whovian, right? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) You can't just put me on the spot like that. That's crazy. (laughs) In a way. I'm just kidding. Welcome back to the Trouble Feature Podcast. (laughs) Um, Welcome welcome back back to the Trouble Feature Podcast. We're going to do a different format today, mainly because I messed up and I'll explain it to our listeners is I chose a double feature, which I hopefully you still watch, which is Casablanca and Past Lives, but Past Lives you have to see in theaters and I have a baby, so that's not going to happen to me. So today we're going to do a fun one, switch up the format and talk about Letterboxd top four. To start, I'm throwing it to you, Siobhan. Give it to us. Like, what is it? Okay, so Letterboxd is an app. Um, that you use to rate movies. It's like the social media movie app. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, you should get on Letterboxd. It's a lot of fun. But it has a feature on it that on your profile, you can pick your top four movies of all time. And I think that they say a lot about you as a person. So we're going to go through each other's, um, see what we can unpack here. Perfect setup. To me, what I love about Letterboxd is simply what I love about this podcast too, is I was having these conversations with people all the time, Mm -hmm. right? Is you're drinking coffee and you're like, you know, give me your top five, you know, top four, (laughs) top five weird movies that have a, you know, female lead that is depressed and, you know, just making up the craziest um, type of categories to pick movies. Yeah. Right. Now with Letterboxd, we can just do it together on the social Mm -hmm. network. And, think, um, go ahead. No, the only qualm I have is that it should be more interactive. Like we should be able to make a list together because some of the lists are really fun and I have a lot to say about them, but maybe one day. Good shout. I, I believe you can pay to do that. And what I'll say is this podcast is free. You don't have to pay for anything. And so true. we can have those conversations. Now. Oh, that is true. I'm not, I'm not a patron, a patron. Or whatever. Um, are we wearing the same? I don't know if we'll use videos, but are we wearing the same glasses? <laughs> We're definitely going to use video. This is the new outfit for the Trouble Feature podcast. And yes, <laughs> we listeners, we have the same glasses on. <laughs> These are our movie talking glasses. Yeah, you put them on, you say, I'm ready for movie. I'm ready for movie. Okay, let's get into so, it. So uh, another topic for Letterbox is like... I, this is one maybe I'll take first and then I'll kind of get your thoughts is I think the reason why it's become so popular is like, it's just a good format. It's like, give me your top four. I can recreate that format in any way. Now you see people doing that type of content online um, with the different types of lists and my top four lists. What I really love about Letterboxd and how they really popularized it is like getting directors to do it. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the type of content that I enjoy is I want to hear people making movies, talking about the movies that they love the most. Yeah. And the top four really lends to that. You just any thoughts of like why Letterboxd is so popular? I don't know. Um, I don't, I think it's just, it really is just another fun platform that if you like movies, it's kind of like a, you have to be in on it kind of thing. Cause it's not like super mainstream yet, but it is really cool to watch. Like we watched that Letterboxd list video that, Greta Gerdwig did for to get ready for Barbie and she she had I mean a ton it was more than top four but they do keep putting out content on social media I see that even just actors along with directors go over their top four when they do 
they'll do like red carpet interviews and be like top four right now. And and it's interesting to see what inspired them or what would their big favorites be. Sometimes actors are just film bros and we don't know it, you know, but it makes sense. It does. And again, why I enjoy that, you start to recognize the patterns and maybe movies that we all love dearly. And again, if you didn't get to go to film school, like Siobhan and I did, um, you may not know some of these movies. I think Letterboxd has really popularized that as well. It's like, here's your film school one-on-one. And now it's much more visible and transparent and available mm-hmm. to you. Um, but I do also agree. It's like, it's not mainstream enough. Like not everyone has a Letterboxd on their phone. Like they have, um, you know, Instagram or X, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so and I think it should be. That's just me, though. Every time I leave a theater, I'm getting right on there or even just at home. I'm like, OK, let's see what the people have to say. Uh, and I didn't I never really take it too seriously unless I find a really good reason to. But it's just fun, really. It isn't. Yeah. Quick tangent, just other letterbox features. They don't sponsor us. Maybe they do one day. <laughs> what if, though? <laughs> what if the reviews on there, I think, are quite good specifically how you can tag no spoilers like that's just a great feature set oh my but gosh, also yeah. i just love their creativity that everyone has with their reviews and the diary mm-hmm. and i know we've have had fun with it in the past fun yeah <laughs> one time i got on there oh you reviewed i haven't seen moulin rouge i've it's been on the watch list that's another cool feature is their watch list but the review that aaron posted was just siobhan should watch this and i was like oh exposed um, but you know what? I will watch it now. It's a it's a great way to do it to get you to watch movies. But I also enjoy what you do sometimes, which is almost like you write a new log line for the film, um, <laughs> and like a new synopsis, <laughs> yeah. and that always gets me excited because I'm like, okay, now that you said it this way, that's funny. I want to watch it. <laughs> that's what I I sometimes I feel like there's too many thoughts going around in my head that the the only thing I could really write down is the silliest little quippy line. And it's like a competition, honestly, who can have the wittiest line about the dumbest movie. That's it's fun for me. And I love validation. So. And Great. all film people love validation. And this is why we're doing this and podcast. Cause we, we want to be validated it. on it. Absolutely. So I think it would be fun to do like our top four critiques. So within your profile, you can choose four movies to add in your profile, your top four. Siobhan, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Okay, um, I can go first. So am I telling you my top four first? Or am I? Yeah, how about you read your top four for the listeners and then we'll have some good conversation about it. So before I get into it specifically, I'm not the kind of, so there's some people are like this where they'll see a new movie and they're like, new favorite movie, top four. I'm not that kind of person. It is very, very rare that I switch around or bump down one of my top four. And this is curated specifically kind of, you know, it's a little silly, but I think that your top four should one, have something that shaped you as a person Two, be something that lets people know who you are. Um, wait, no, you know, I don't know. Those might, that might be the same thing. It should be something that lets people know you like movies, yeah. you know, movies. And people mm-hmm. should know that you, you know like movies, movie. right? Um, something a little silly. Um, and then something that's like actually your favorite movie that you're not just trying to shoot, impress people with. So my top four movies, Virgin Suicides, directed by Sofia Coppola. 
Clueless, for many reasons. Paris, Texas, that's kind of like my film girl movie. And then Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, just like the funniest movie I know, I think. But what are yours? You know, what's funny about your top four is um, I actually had a call with Lana Del Rey and she told me her top four and they were the exact same. Like, <laughs> no <verbatim>. way. <laughs> oh, my God. We're <laughs> the same person for real. I could see you know, it. I think uh, to your point, um, the top four really is to say, like, this is who I am. This is my personality in mm-hmm. movies. I think the four that you just named, if I wasn't related to you through marriage, I would say, oh, yeah, that's Siobhan. Like, I just <laughs> met her. Those four movies explain everything about her. That's what I'm saying. I think the one call out for your movies is like Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yeah, Drop Dead Gorgeous. If you haven't seen it, like that's <laughs> take this oh out of the pod. Go put it on. Yeah. If um, that's just a great under the table movie that most people don't know. Yeah. If there's one thing I could. If there is any piece of advice I could leave on this earth is just to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous. I think it's underrated. And so funny. And you showed me it, actually. So, well, put me look on. At that. <laughs> There's so many, just, I'm going to shout this movie. There's so many actresses in it. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. There's some dunce. There's a young Amy Adams. There's Brittany Murphy. Like, mm-hmm. that movie captured, like, all these great actresses in a period of time. Yeah, it really was a star to study cast. Um, who else do I love that's in it? Denise Richards. Um, mm. I don't know. It is a star-studded cat. Allison Janney. That's what I was going to say. Allison Janney. Yeah. Goat. She is the goat. Absolutely. That's my mom. All right. So, uh, <laughs> not literally, but literally, um, I can do my top four. Yes. And I'm just going to echo again. I think how I picked the top four is like. I think these movies, in a way, describe me and my personality, my thinking. Mm-hmm. And I also put them there so when people recommend a movie to me, I'm like, come on, <laughs> review this, make <laughs> sure it's in line with this. Don't recommend Cars 3 or something. Don't even think about it until you've seen exactly what I'm all about. But thanks for the suggestion. So, Definitely, okay, let's, so, okay, let's for, see it. First movie. And I don't know if the ranking of the four matters, but my first one I chose is Breathless. Nice. Um, French New Wave film. Recommend people to see that. And then because I guess I love France so much, my second movie is Amelie. Again, (laughs) great French film. A French movie kind of guy. Yeah. Then I take a hard right turn down to the southeast um, to watch Old Boy, Korean Mm -hmm. film. And then lastly here, (laughs) <laughs> which I believe is a French director. I'm just like breaking <laughs> this down right now, but um, Cinema. Eternal Sunshine, the Spotless Mind is my last pick. Ah, that's okay. Those are absolutely the four most Aaron movies that I would think if there's a, if that's so true, if I were to recommend a movie to you, it would be on that scale. It would be like a Korean revenge film or like an artsy mm-hmm. French film. Mm-hmm. Or something very surrealist, which you kind of have all, all on there. Yeah, there's no middle ground. I will say there's no action movies in this. And if you recommend an action movie to me, I'll say, great, I'm going to take a nap while it's on. <laughs> That's what they're honestly for. There's Tino Shade. 
Definitely. So, okay, we can either do this or this. So we can either talk about how we rate our movies or we can read our recent top four on our list right now. What do you think? Um, okay, so I think that we should talk about a rating scale because this is important to me. Okay, um, give it to us. I think that people are far too stingy with their five-star ratings. I think when I'm seriously rating a movie, if it's, so if you don't know, Letterboxd does a one to five star scale. And if I'm ever asking you to rate a movie, that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Don't give me 9.5. What does that mean? But if I'm seriously rating a movie, generally I'll start at three. And if I'm deciding between three to three and a half stars, it's like I'm performing heart surgery. Like there is something so there's a very fine line that puts a movie from three to three and a half stars for me. If we're going to four stars, I think I just really loved the movie. I'm too afraid to give it five stars, but I find it rewatchable. That's what four stars means to me. Five stars. Life's too short. I think I already knew that I wanted to rate this movie five stars whether or not it was actually good. And I think that more people should give more movies five stars. What do you think? I love this because I have the exact opposite POV. And again, oh if God. you remember my top four, they're all French New Wave and very high concept films. So to me, I think the five star is I'm creating my own canon of movies. These are like movies that are just so exceptional. They're on a high bar. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone asked me, like, what's my best movies of all time, they're on that list. Now, I will say a lot of stuff, I probably just rank two to three stars in general. Mm -hmm. A really good movie, I probably rank four stars. Um, if I really want to make a stand of a movie I don't like, it's getting a one star yeah. or half a star. Half a star. And I'll say the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy <laughs> that um, Kat <laughs> no. made me watch. All half stars. Um, just so you know. But you bring up an interesting point because I think one, I think more people just enjoy movies and not get so caught up with like, is this movie good or bad? Mm -hmm. How I always explain it is um, a movie exists to offer you an experience. And that's what I love about it. Right. Is it makes me feel this way. It makes me think this way. So every movie does that. And I think we should all appreciate them for it. But now when people are looking at my letterbox, I want them to know how cool I am. So <laughs> yeah. I have to give it everything five stars. <laughs> That's so true. So like, that's my favorite Aaron hot take that I've taken with me that like, I'll watch a movie. And I think that there's only one movie that I was just like, really like, this is just bad. And I can't watch this, um, which was ABCs of death. I just didn't like it. it was it for me? But watching it now, I'm like, okay, I can look at a movie and, and just, you know, watch it and enjoy it for what it is and the experience that it provides um, and not get too in my head about it. But the great thing about Letterboxd is you can let people know just how cool you, or how interested you are in cool films without actually having to watch them, which is another great thing. But I can't, um, I can't be too fake. Like I have to, I have to rate something. Like I can't even go on and just like a movie. Like I got to give it some type of rating. So definitely half star is like the, that's insulting movie, you know? Well, and there's some insulting movies again. <laughs> you know, I think what's important with what we're talking about is 
like even the bad movies, like really bad movies, you remember them. And there's something about it, like a shot or the script or the action. And that sticks with you. And to me, that's still a good movie. Maybe it deserves five stars. Maybe I'm changing my thinking here. Um, <laughs> but again, you're evolving there's just some team. like really pop culture movies. Yeah, <laughs> guys, we're involving the podcast together right now. Mm-hmm. There's just some movies that are like, it does nothing for me. And those movies are the ones I truly deserve half star. Yeah, that's fair there. I mean, it's, I just went into this whole thing about how I definitely always have to rate it, but there's been some movies that I go on and I'm like, okay, I watched it. I can't really give it a rating because I didn't enjoy any bit of it, but, but I def I think that's my shallow Hal review. <laughs> I think I just <laughs> logged it and, and wrote, yeah, I mean, I watched it. <laughs> Um, but you do that very often, which is frustrating to me. You just put that you watched it and you don't have mm-hmm. anything to say. Got to get your voice out. There. You know, this is, this is great critique. <laughs> yeah. I got to get my <laughs> voice out here. Maybe we should start a podcast. So true. I think what I'll do is I'll start reviewing movies, but something else you brought up, which I think is important is like, you actually need to watch a movie before you rate it and have, um, a POV or have a statement about it where, <laughs> There's some people that I know, <laughs> members of the family, <laughs> not to name um, names, but who, who who don't do this. <laughs> and I think I would encourage anyone like just watch the movie and then tell me what you think about it. Yeah, uh, we're talking about his wife, by the way. Okay, <laughs> who is my sister? Shout out, <laughs> friend of the pod. <laughs> no, but it's friend very fair. Some people just have very strong opinions, but I agree. Just. At least watch it first, you know, before you get too into it, or at least before you're rated on Letterboxd. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a great app for that. I love judging people based off of their top fours. There's some movies that are if they're in your top fours, it's like I know exactly who you are as a person already. Um, maybe I might just be judgmental, but that's what it's there for. Again, that's why we have a podcast, so we can judge as freely as we want. Yeah, and I think what we'll do next is judge our recent top four. So, Siobhan, if you want to read your recent top four and then give us the ratings now that we've talked about it like and then the, see, see what we think. True. The last four I watched. Um, yeah. Recent activity. Okay. So, first, as in I watched it longest ago, I guess. I watched Greenberg, directed by Noah Bumbach. Um, I rated it three stars. I... <laughs> Thought it was a good movie. I rated it three stars and not three and a half stars because it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to watch this again, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, and my review for it just said, oh, brother, this guy stinks because God, his characters always suck. That's just me, though. Um, up next, I watched Palo Alto, which is directed by Gia Coppola. Um, I rated this three stars as well for the same reason. I probably am not going to rewatch it, but I still enjoyed it. Um, but I didn't really have anything to say about it because it confused me very much. It's very much, I think, a very Tumblr-y coming of age type of vibe that I didn't hop on when I was in middle school. It probably would have shaped me differently if I did, but I, I still get it, you know. Um, next, which is kind of a bit of a trouble feature I was telling you about, I watched Party Girl with Parker Posey, um, which was so funny and enjoyable. I only rated it three stars because I want to go back and watch it and enjoy it again before I can give it like a real rating. Sometimes I just put it as like a placeholder. I don't know. There are just no rules, you know? Um, 
But this movie was great. And I'd say it's a double feature because in Party Girl and Palo Alto, both characters, main characters, get a job at a library that they end up really enjoying. They come, they come from being a, like, a party girl, party guy, to getting a job at a library that they love and that they, they do as kind of like community service. And Parker Posey is great. I loved that movie, um, even though I gave it three stars. Whatever. The last thing I watched last night was One Hour Photo with Robin Williams in it, um, which was very creepy. And I knew it was going to be creepy going into it, but I still enjoyed it. I gave it three stars as well. I guess I'm kind of a hoe with the three stars, just throwing them out left and right. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's no big. Uh, I loved the part in this movie where Robin Williams said, Neon Genesis Evangelion, what does it do? Um, and if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So go watch it. Um, but yeah, what were the last four movies you watched? Congratulations. Yeah, I think <laughs> one thing I do want to point out of your recent activity is the double feature. Again, that's what this pod is about. Like finding those connections, movies that speak to other movies. Mm-hmm. We find that very interesting. And there's just so many examples in life like that where you didn't even know it was there. So I'm glad you shouted those out. My recent activity, and this goes back to the rating. This is like perfect. <laughs> like we're actually doing this live. We weren't lying to you guys. Um, first movie is The Grand Budapest Hotel. Four stars. Really good movie. I think it's a masterclass on miniatures. And we talked about Wes Anderson last pod, so give that a listen. The next one is The Dark Knight Rises. Oh. Which I gave two and a half stars. <laughs> And this goes in the camp Hot of like, take. that movie just didn't do anything for me. <laughs> that's fair. I, that's, I think that's the hottest take of all. I think that would be in a lot of people's top four. But yeah, go on. Guys, watch more movies. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so and then the next one is a movie that I spoke about in another pod, but I watched again as the Umbrellas of Sherberg. Oh, yeah. And the shout out I'll give is like, that is just one of the greatest movies of all time. And that's hyperbole, I guess. But like, you should watch it. That's going to change how you think about movies. And then my last one is Leon the Professional. Two stars. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Two stars. This is crazy. So that goes in the camp. This is an action movie. And I was yeah. really bored throughout it. And also, there's just some interesting things about that movie. We don't have to get in the pod here. But it is a Two stars. One. That's interesting. I think it's funny that our um, top fours don't line up, but I just from like talking to you and knowing and Kat and like knowing about what goes on in your lives. I know when you guys watched these all and like <laughs> the thought process through it. Um, I'm still so mad. I haven't seen Umbrellas, Umbrellas of Shorebird yet. I, I got to watch that today. I'm going to do it. But, um, mm. uh, but yeah, I, that's an that definitely speaks to your rating scale because Leon the Professional is one that I I think I gave like three or four stars because I remember really loving it when I first saw it. Um, but that's so true. It's not super memorable for like it is kind of just an action movie. But hot takes, hot takes, hot takes. Um, I think this was a fun activity. I think we should do this a couple more times, maybe. Give us some time to watch some movies and some ratings. I think the listeners will love that. Mm-hmm. On this next segment, we'll normally do a couple things. 
I'm just going to preface them in case you find any of them exciting and interesting. So one, maybe we'll do a script read from a movie we've seen. We'll either do Film School Corner, where Siobhan's going to teach us something from film school. We're going to talk about either what we watched lately, our director that really stuck out to us, which that's what we get to next. So unfortunately, William Friedkin died this week. When you listen to this pod, it's in the past. When you listen to this pod, it's going to be in the future. Mm. But why I really want to talk about him, because there's such a, his filmography just touches so many different things. There's going to be three movies I'm going to shout out. And again, these are, this is in his top four um, of movies he's created, but I think they're just so interesting is number one, The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. Number two, The French Connection. And number three, Cruising, which that's probably where I'm going to stick most of my conversation here. But I'll start with The Exorcist before I just pass the microphone. Is again, can you think of a movie that just has such a hold over pop culture and also is such a movie that's masterfully put together? And if you watch that movie just from missing scene, just from how it's framed, the shots, the idea of suspense, what he's done to really even create the horror genre from scratch. Oh, my, oh my goodness. Like, I cannot think of another movie like that. Any thoughts on The Exorcist? Yeah, I, I love this is definitely, if not my favorite, one of my favorite horror movies ever. I just think it's so iconic and it scared the hell out of people when it came out and it was famous for that and i remember you know just talking to all i don't know my parents they grew up in the 70s 80s they said that they literally left the theater traumatized like they've never seen a movie scary in their life which is so i don't know how he did it but um but it was great he um i remember i watched that movie on halloween like in film school art school isn't real so we watch movies all the time and we watched it and my professor said that somehow he ends up watching it. Like we, he lets his students vote for the movie. Um, and somehow he ends up watching it every year. People always vote for it. And he was sitting in the front row, literally covering his eyes with both of his hands, like a little girl and grown man. And I think that <laughs> says a lot just cause, uh, you know, how the movie affects you and how it continues to affect you. Um, I love that movie and I watch it on VHS recently, which was really fun and just as good. Um, but the only other, yeah, the only other movies of his that I've seen were our French connection, which I'm realizing now I have seen. And then, um, cruising, we watched cruising recently as part of our own little movie club. And that was an experience. Yeah. So I want to spend some time with cruising since we already talked about it is this movie fits in the camp of this offered experience. I'm not going to tell you if it's good or bad, but it's an experience. And then we all talked about it. Um, for a long time we afterwards. So, about it for, we had a lot to say. We had a lot to say, but I, I think, <laughs> again, that's kind of a controversial movie, but, mm-hmm. and you should seek the information yourself. However, I think what it does is it just introduces you to a new world. And there's some hot takes about that world. And if that was done ethically and correctly, and I think those are important conversations. Mm-hmm. But just in general, taking Al Pacino <laughs> and putting him in this world and then just letting him roll. Oh my goodness, what a choice from a director. And I think that's what stuck out to me most and where we had the most talking points is like, what is happening and why? Oh my and again, God. That's like, that's experience. It, it was an experience. And it's crazy, first of all, that it was Al Pacino. What a casting choice. And second, I genuinely felt high while I was watching this movie. Like 
things were just going on. And I was like, am I keeping up? Am, do I, am I lost? I don't really understand. But like I'm into the story. And then all of a sudden a naked man comes into an interrogation room and slaps this guy in the face. And you're like, whoa, what movie am I watching? And I think that that was a great choice. Yeah, and I'm just like rolling through his filmography right now just to see if I missed anything. But I think there's just there's so many great directors and they come and go. And what we can do is cherish them and give them a good rating on Letterboxd because that's what this show is about. Absolutely. Give them that. At least. Okay, here's the one other shout out. This is like such a sports movie. It's called Blue Chits. <laughs> um. I'll just like quickly shout that one out because that was one like from my childhood, which I didn't even understand that William Freakin did, but it was a movie I loved because it has Shaq, it has Penny Hardaway, and it has all these like NBA players. And oh. It's a, like a hot take on um, college sports and the money that's in it. And what's funny is like that came out in 1994. And we've been having this argument for like the last three decades. <laughs> and that's finally, crazy. the players are getting paid. So I don't know, William Freakin, I just think he was such a director that was way ahead of his time. And yeah. can figure out how to capture a narrative in those movies um, before we were even coming to the conclusion of those conversations now. Um, not to uh, redirect the conversation, but I didn't realize, I mean, 12 Angry Men. Hello. Is was that did William freaking do the remake of that? Is there a remake? I think he did the remake, which um, is cool. Let's I didn't know about that. I didn't see that one. Because that, that was almost like, it's like a, a recasting couch, right? Like recasting the yeah, movie. Like that's what he did and he made it. I love that. Oh my God, what a movie to recast. I didn't even know about that. Uh, but but he is he definitely was ahead of his time. Even with the, um, just one of the most iconic, like that was redone in like Fight Club or whatever. The splitting of frames to like send subliminal messages of Pazuzu and um, The Exorcist. Groundbreaking. Yeah, his fingerprints are all over film and um, we will miss him along with his movies. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have for the Trouble Feature podcast today. Um, I do not have a double feature for you, but if you like episodes like these, which Siobhan and I do, give us a shout, give us some feedback. Um, I think these are fun and would like to interject some of them more as we're taking some time to watch our double feature. Yeah. Any other thoughts for the listeners, Siobhan? Uh, no, I think we should just plug our letterboxed and have make sure that people add us and follow us. Um, You're such a great co-host. <laughs> Please plug her. <laughs> At Shivani, um, S-I-O-V-H-A-N-N-I-E on Letterboxd. Go follow me now. Um, we, write, we watch movies and we rate them. And that's what it's there for. What about you? Yeah, so mine is at Days, Weeks, Years. Um, the weeks part is my last name. So it's D-A-Y-S-W-E-E-K-E-S-Y-E-A-R-S. I hope and we get at least one follower. We're going to get one follower. And the only um, comical thing I'll say is I think that was my aim um, name nice. back in the day. So if you're old enough listeners, <laughs> I'm still using it. <laughs> it's, it's a great one. It's a great handle. All right, y'all. Well, Amazing. appreciate you. Next week, um, Shvam will talk about her Doctor Who fandom. And we'll keep going with this I don't know where this, this came pod. from, but <laughs> I guess I have a lot to unpack. Okay, but thank you. Now go watch movies, people. Go watch movies.